Hello, and welcome to Buddhism Guide's audio blog, a contemporary look at Gautama Buddha's teachings from Karma Yeshi Rabge. For more information, visit www.buddhismguide.org. You can find more episodes of this audio blog on iTunes and Stitcher Podcasts. Episode 23, Worldly Conditions. Nobody's life is perfect and we all have good and bad days. This is part and parcel of worldly conditions. Sometimes the world is like a rose, all beautiful and fragrant. Other times it's like the stem of the rose, all thorny and prickly. An optimist will see the world as rosy, whereas a pessimist sees it as thorny. But realistically, the world is both rosy and thorny. A person who understands this point will not be seduced by the rose or become averse to the thorns. Gautama Buddha taught that there are eight worldly conditions and a realist will understand that the pendulum swings both ways. Sometimes they'll be under the sway of the four desirable conditions and sometimes the four undesirable conditions. We have to accept that these eight worldly conditions are part of this human life. So what are the eight worldly conditions? The desirable ones are gain, status, praise and pleasure. The four undesirable being loss, obscurity, reproach and pain. It doesn't matter if we see them as desirable or undesirable. They are all causes of our suffering. We are all subject to gain and loss, not only of material things, such as money, but also of our friends and family. We may go out and buy a new 3D television, and it makes us very happy, until one day it is stolen. Then we become sad, gain and loss. If you are a businessman, you suffer from gain and loss, on a regular basis. You may have, in the past, met a wonderful person who you get on really well with, but recently they died. Gain and loss. These are some examples of what we are subject to in our lives. Status and obscurity are another two worldly conditions that confront us in the course of our daily lives. Status comes in various forms, such as celebrities and politicians, or you may be highly regarded within your profession, or even a well-respected Buddhist teacher. Whatever the status, you can become attached to your public image and the prestige that goes with it. Even if we do not want to be famous, we still like to be looked upon in the best possible light. I am sure, if we are honest, we all like a bit of status, because who wants to feel unimportant or overlooked? We have all dreamt of our 15 minutes of fame, and there is nothing wrong with that. Some people are world superstars, and others are just well known in their own backyards. But whatever your status, it is important to see it as a fleeting thing. Very few people stay famous all their lives. 
For most, it is only a few years. So to hold on to fame as though something tangible is going to bring you suffering. When we reflect on our status and obscurity, we'll be able to see that they are just projections and not something solid or permanent. This releases us from the suffering they may cause. The next two pairs of worldly conditions are praise and reproach. We all like to be told, well done, when we do something right. It makes us feel happy and gives us a sense of pride. Praise is like some sort of drug we quite happily get addicted to, whereas no one enjoys being reproached, even if they have done something wrong. If we are able to face reproach in an impassive way and remain calm even though people are saying some hurtful things about us, then we are dealing with the worldly condition in a proper way. If we give very little regard to whether we are held in high esteem or thought of as a person of no influence, then we can be said to be rising above worldly attachments. If we are able to keep our composure when we lose out or are glorified as being a very special talented person, this is a sensible thing to do, even though it is not always that easy. It is human nature to soak up praise and push away reproach. I know when someone says something nice about me, I feel happy and proud. But if I am reproached, I get all defensive and hurt. Through reflection on these states of mind, we can understand them as one of the same, impermanent and fleeting. This will help us let them go and in turn reduce our suffering. The final pair are pleasure and pain. This is where we are the same as animals. We chase after pleasure and run away from pain. I personally do not know anyone who prefers sorrow to laughter or harm to happiness. This is just the way we are. It is like a bond that ties us all together. Watching pleasure and pain arise in the mind and remaining open to them without attaching to or rejecting them, enables us to let the conditions be, even in the most emotionally charged circumstances. I believe we all strive for pleasure and push away pain, so it is clear pleasure is what we aim for in life and not pain. But they are both things that come into being for a short time and then disappear. So in that respect, they are no different. Gautama Buddha's advice is to not welcome them or rebel against them, just let them arise and go. When we start seeing the eight worldly conditions for what they are and watching the mind's reaction to them, we'll be able to prevent them from causing us to suffer. This is not just a meditation practice. We have to take it into our daily lives. We have to understand that life is full of gain, loss, status, obscurity, reproach, praise, pleasure and pain. Someone is always going to profit and someone else will lose out. For every famous person there are hundreds of others who are unknown. If one person is approached another will be praised.
and what gives one person pleasure will give another pain. This is the way of the world. It doesn't matter if you are skilled in Gautama Buddha's teachings or not. You will still be subject to the eight worldly conditions. It is how you deal with these conditions that differentiates you from others. You can find more information about this subject in Karma Yeshi Rabge's books The Best Way to Catch a Snake and Life's Meandering Path. They're available now from Amazon and Kindle. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed Buddhism Guide's audio blog. Until next time, remember, the only person we can ever truly know is ourselves.